So before I introduce our next reader, I would like to tell you guys something else that's special besides the Queen's anecdotes about our series. And that, my friends, is the magic silver box. Did, was this here last time you were here? Yes. Okay. It's had a little wear and tear because it's the same. It's it's this beautifully uh, manufactured shoebox with wrapping paper on it. I made it myself. Um, it's a magic silver box. So this is how the magic silver box works. During intermission, I will have this over um, near where the books are being sold by Story Bookshop, and we'll have some paper and pens out. And what you can do is write a question on a piece of paper, put it in the box. And if I draw that question out during the panel discussion to ask our writers, you win a prize. But you should know that you don't know who's going to get your question. So it has to be a question that could work with anyone. Hi, this is Catherine Lasota, host of LIC Reading Series, a monthly event at LIC Bar in Long Island City, Queens. In this episode of our podcast, you're going to hear the panel discussion from our May 9th, 2017 event which featured Megan Abbott, Julie Button, and Sarah Gerard. At our panel discussions, we also have the Magic Silver Box, in which I ask our audience members to put questions, and if I ask one of those questions during the panel discussion, that audience member gets a prize. If you want to hear the readings from this event, just listen to our previous episode. And now let's get started with our panel discussion from May 9th, 2017, featuring Megan Abbott, Julie Button, and Sarah Gerard. Wow, I'm so excited to have the three of you here together in conversation because, I mean, you all read, I mean, you heard the work. It's like, what a great group to talk to each other. <laughs> um, I guess because I was talking so much about that photo shoot, Julie, uh, <laughs> and that you're you're on this book tour now, I wonder if uh, if you all might share with us maybe an interesting story from touring with a book this current one or a previous one if you could that'd be lovely you can change names to protect the innocent while you guys are thinking i can just embroider on what i've already (laughs) told you because the second photo shoot that i did in not in belgium the second one was in amsterdam the photographer looks at me after my interview, which was in the very classy lobby of the hotel where I was staying. And he said, I'm sick of taking pictures of writers in this lobby, which is full of books <laughs> and really charming and great. He said, I want to take pictures of you on the bed in your hotel room. <laughs> and I was like, I was just trying to be game. You know, it was for like this Amsterdam newspaper. I was like, oh, OK, like that. That, that makes sense. So we're walking. What, was anyone else there with no, you? No, the journalist was like, peace, have fun, guys. See you later. So we're walking to back to my hotel room, and Ben Lerner comes in to check into this hotel. And I say, that's Ben Lerner, a very famous American writer. What? <laughs> what kind of sentence is that? Ben Lerner turns to look at me, and I'm like, <laughs> we've never met before. He doesn't know who I am. And then the the photographer was like, Are the elevator's here. Let's go. So... I just thought to myself, like, does Ben Lerner have to get on his hotel bed and smile for this weird <laughs> <laughs> like, 
No. The answer is no. That's the end of my tour story. Wow. I had to get on a bed once in Sweden uh, for a book tour. <laughs> so what glad it wasn't that? just me. Yeah, I don't know, but they took me to a room and then I was just being the photographer. And yeah. he's like, maybe you take a few buttons down. And I, yeah. I mean, that, it was not that. I mean, it sounds better than it was, but it was, you know, it was odd because I thought Wait, if I were in America. <laughs> there was no way I would do this but for yeah. some reason because I'm you know in Sweden <laughs> sure yeah sure. exactly <laughs> and there was no chance I would say no even though every no. part of me was like no, no. there was just no it was an, an it was option. not a question but I wouldn't have done it here you're totally right yeah it's so weird yeah it's weird mm. it's, it's weird yeah, to have it's a female book. writer problem <laughs> <laughs> or <know>. just us <laughs> <laughs> something about us I guess we just <laughs> yeah. hey, um, any story. beds in your book tours and <laughs> Well, so my so my novel Binary Star came out in 2015. It was my first book, and like my husband at the time and I kickstarted my book tour, and we did this like nationwide tour that, for the most part, was amazing. Um, but then we ended up in Tacoma, Washington, um, at this bookstore where like literally four people were in the audience, and one of them was the bookstore owner, and one of them was my husband, <laughs> and 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 um, one of them was somebody who had just wandered in off the street. And um, and the fourth person was this woman who, um, so my novel was about this anorexic, the protagonist is anorexic, and this woman herself was anorexic, and afterwards she pulled me aside and like we had this very intense discussion. Um, but the, the detail that stands out to me most from this reading is the bookstore cat, which was like sexually <laughs> frustrated and literally would like, it would like climb into your lap and get really affectionate, and you'd be like, wow, this cat's like really affectionate. <laughs> but then you, but then like, it's like, I don't even like it's little penis would, <laughs> would like show it wow. would like show would like show itself and you would like push it onto the floor and like this ha and I witnessed this happening to like four different people in the bookstore like before the reading even began so anyway and that's really the most mortifying detail of any book tour yeah that that right, might, but I've, like yeah. any book tour experience good wow. that I've had maybe I mean maybe the cat is the reason they don't get great attendance. <laughs> It could be. I would not be surprised. It was otherwise like a lovely bookstore, though, I have to say. I mean, bookstore cats are usually quite quite lovely creatures. Um, there's not one at Astoria Bookshop, is there? It's You have a dog sometimes. That's right. That's right. the bookstore owner, too. And he was like, yeah, that's just how he is. It's a lonely cat. You know, there should be... You know. The bookstore owner and I actually talked about it. And he, and he was like, yeah, that's just, you know, how he is. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm like, what's he gonna it. do? Put it out in the street? Like, oh, I don't know. That this is why, that. Julie. This is why we we go into bedrooms with photographers. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I was gonna segue off of that, but I'll I'll come back to that topic. Um, just like continuing with the idea of touring with a book. Does the experience of reading from your book and reading passages uh, start? I mean, it's a long process writing a book, right? You write and you revise, and w once you read it and you read it and you read it in front of audiences, is your relationship to that work changing at all? Do you see new things as you read it out loud? I still get very emotional while I read sometimes. Um, 
But my relationship to the work overall changes in that, you know, I, I mean, like, I find myself reading the same things over and over again. There are just some passages from the book that, like, work best when they're read aloud. You know, they don't need too much exposition beforehand, you know, like, you don't have to explain too much. Um, and if, and there's a nice arc and, you know, you can pretty much time this passage. And so you end up reading the same sections over and over again and you do get a little bit sick of it after a while, certain things. But, like... The essay that I read tonight, like I still get very emotional while I read it. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been an interesting, yeah. It's interesting that yeah. you can still react in that same way, like as you read yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's this essay and maybe one other, you know, like it doesn't happen with every That's piece, why I love but listening to, your, to you read that essay because you can feel that you feel it still. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You can feel like I, I've heard you read from that essay before. And every time I feel like you're like 100 percent in in it and the audience can feel it. Anyways, I love that. Well, I yeah, I never read anything after I've the book comes out or so uh, of anything I've written mm. as a, and it's different. I can see writing personal essays or memoirs. It would be very hard to let go for me I it's gone but I've been I, I've had to develop a few of my books for for Hollywood stuff um, you know the meandering path of development that goes nowhere but it's so weird <laughs> because you have to keep returning to it and I, I always think of it like the axe who won't leave he's on your couch <laughs> he just won't leave and he's just there every day and he wants to talk about your relationship every day <laughs> and you have you more and more can't remember why you dated this guy to begin with so it, i have a more, more conflicted relationship ultimately that's refreshing to to me actually to hear you uh someone refer to their books as like an ex because i this is something that i always hear is when writers refer to their books, and I've brought this up before, as their babies, mm -hmm. and I feel very mm -hmm. conflicted about that. Yes. Oh, that yes. metaphor. I think it's more of an ex than a baby. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel yeah. pretty I estranged from yeah. certain There's things like, that I've written. It re it's like representative of a time in a weird way, mm -hmm. the way that an ex is. Like I feel like a baby probably should be representative of like your whole. You probably love it forever. Like, Pro probably. You know, I hope. I imagine you would love it forever. Whereas with with my book, I I feel like we had a really intense relationship, and now I really need. Some it's not you. It's, it's me. But that always will hold a special place in your heart, yeah, probably. Right. right? Like we like grew up together. Formative. Yeah. But like I understand it almost too there. well. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Sarah, you're talking about that that essay, you can still become emotional when reading it. And it, it leads me to a question I wanted to ask and I was thinking about Julie and your um, book. I hope this isn't embarrassing in any way, but you write about masturbation very well. Thanks. Um, <laughs> And I wonder if there's any topics that each of you or subject areas that is especially difficult type of material or not for you to, to write about. Like that seems like it seems tricky to me to write sex well, you know, but is there, is there certain subject areas that is, or if you write in personal essays, for example, is there certain material that's difficult to write more so than others? I think everything is difficult to write. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But there's some things you don't want to live in that long. Like, I, I find there's certain subjects I wouldn't want to have a whole book that, um, 
was it was about a sexual assault. I mean, we write crime novels, it's inevitable that that might come in. But if you're going to live in that world for so long and it's a choice you would make, do I want to be there? Or do I want to write a book about torture? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something where I, do I want to, you know, spend two years with this? And mm-hmm. that, I think that's, that's harder choice. But, but in the end, in the end, once you're in it, it is all hard um, um, if, it, if it's working at all, I think. Yeah. It, oh, sorry. I, I recently decided that I have to write about my friend's murder. And um, she was murdered in October, uh, September, last September. And um, immediately when it happened, I like was, I began like following the story like with obsessive concern. And like I had decided immediately that I was going to write about it. And, um, and then I just kind of like looked at the amount of work that it would take and like I and I started to question why I even wanted to do this in the first place. And so I like, you know, um, so I just like put it down for six months. So and, and until recently, I had like drinks with a friend of mine who's a staff writer at The Guardian. And she was like, no, you should probably write about this. So I've recently decided that I'm writing about this. And um, but I decided to give myself like a f- like as long as it takes basically like years to do it um because i have to follow the trial and you know and like i have to interview everybody who ever knew her and like um yeah so that's the kind of thing where yeah it's gonna be hard yeah for the kind of yeah for the reason that you say like it's just you know i can't like rush and it's also not a lucrative endeavor you know like i have to live while i do this so yeah sounds good what what is it about certain certain something uh, an experience or about a subject matter that makes you say i i need to write about that like what is it what draws you to write about what you write about that's a, i mean it's a big question but i i always feel a little bit guilt i've been depending on the audience or how tired i am in this case i'm very tired so i'll just tell you what i really think um, <laughs> i actually do think for me i've as a fiction writer, it's hard to say this because you don't want people to assume when you say this that your novels are less fictional because you like fess up to writing about things that matter to you personally. Um, but I, I don't think I would ever write about something that didn't have a connection in some way to something that had touched me and really maybe a question I had about how it could be. Like Marlena's driven largely by a question that I had that came from a personal experience, which is why some people become addicts and some people don't why some people or they become the kind of addict who can muddle through their life but why some people just questions about how that can how that can be and how those stories end up so differently and why women have different experiences with those things and it was because I had seen different women have different experiences um, and couldn't make sense of it but like it's hard to say that because you just don't want people to think that the book is less of a a made-up story because it has a basis in personal experience but it does start from a memory or a detail or a question for me always, I think. Um, uh, I personally think it's bogus when people say there's absolutely nothing of them yeah. in their fiction. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just a question that I can't let go of. It's like something I could, you know, like why, you know, like in the case of my friend's murder, like, how, like what went through this person's head when he did this, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like there's no way that I, I I've, it's so like I just can't relate and I have to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think all writers, <laughs> I disagree with everything, everything Emma says. I think all writers and most readers are voyeurs by nature. We're just curious and we want to, f- we want, we want in. Um, and that's always because of something in yourself, even if you don't want to think about it you know mm-hmm. it's there it's tugging you in you know you spend a lot of time writing a book and you know and you know you'd only do that if it was speaking to you on some lower register even if you're not aware of it mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if you become aware of it in the process of writing or not yeah i, I try not to <laughs> <laughs> Because awesome. you don't want to analyze yourself in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> really? I do. <laughs> well, you write uh, personal essays. No, so, I, yeah. yeah. I agree. You don't yeah. want to. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the connection to what I had lost a friend from substance abuse, and my book is about a, car- a woman who loses a friend from substance abuse, but it's, it's diff- a different story. They're different girls at different times, and it's a different way, and the events are all different. But I felt very aware of that. I thought, yeah. like, I don't want to write about how, I, f- how yeah. I feel. I need to write about how Kat feels. Yeah. And that seems close but it's actually far so i i try to like put it away and just become her so i, I get that mm. i don't know even when i'm writing fiction i slip in and out of that you know like yeah like if i get stuck in her story i can be like well how would i feel you know like hmm. what's like because this is really i don't know not that the character is always a cipher but like you know like uh it's just um it's a different way to like i don't know ration you know or like I don't know, rationalize like an emotional query, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, y- all three of you write so wonderfully about um, relationships uh, that young women have. And Megan, you're like a master of the, of the teenage girl in, the high, in high school. Like, oh God, everything. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just read it, people. <laughs> this is really like, it takes you back there. You're like, oh. Um, Kat in in Marlena, there's uh, um, something she says as an adult about when she um, thinks she's going to become friends with a new woman and they go out for a drink or something and she starts to see, I think I'm totally paraphrasing, but like the outlines of of, um, how that woman was shaped by somebody previously that she had a relationship with in some way and she talks about like not feeling like a woman exists as this standalone identity, but always is shaped by, you know, in relationship to another. Am I am I paraphrasing yeah, like that? Other okay. Fr- other women. Other like women. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if 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 that idea resonates with each of you, and if you could speak to that. If you. Uh, yeah. No. I certainly. Do. I mean, I, I think about this all the time because it's just. Um, you know, it's so interesting listening to, to yours and having read Julie's book. And I feel like these friendships, these female friendships that you have in adolescence are particularly, they mark you for life. Um, and they and it's how you figure out who you're going to be and who you're not going to be. And you sort of, you know, you form yourself in relation to them. And then you think you put it away, but it comes back all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never really goes away. Um, and I just think it's it's very interesting how I was talking with some uh, a development executive about this and trying to explain about how you talk about this in Hollywood and they don't have any way to talk about it. They don't understand it at all. And I, I thought, well, that's because, wow, because you don't actually make any movies or TV shows about yeah. this thing. Wow. So it's somehow, though it's so fundamental to female experience is, is elusive in that way. Um, but it's so, so essential, I think. 
which is not really an answer, but a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, I wonder if I wonder if television or movies are changing at all in that direction. Do you think? I yeah, hope. Yeah, I do. I do. I think we see literature changing in that direction. Yeah. I yeah. see a lot of women writing about this experience oh, now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have like. BFF was published as a chapbook a couple of years ago before it was included in Sunshine State and like and you know and several people have have wanted to talk to me about their BFFs like yeah I think they're just really formative relationships and you know um, in the way that we return to like as writers we return to these like core memories over and over again and analyze them from multiple angles like those relationships are are linked to everything we you know we experience during that time of our lives like when we're really trying to figure out who we are um and yeah and forming ourselves in relation to other people so mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i see a lot of people writing about this now actually and it's yeah yeah it's it, beautiful been, it seems like there have been a ton of books about this lately which is kind of amazing i mean i think it of the relationship between teenage girls as almost being like it, it, it's like when Megan was talking about how you form yourself in relation to someone else as being like a creative a creative experience in some ways like this I this process of storytelling about mm. yourself and it's empowering like I remember my girlfriend my relationships with my girlfriends growing up as being empowering like we were strong together we could mm. define what was okay and what wasn't together and sometimes what we thought was okay was what everyone said we shouldn't be doing mm. but it was like we had this ability to do it because we had the f the support you know what i mean i mean yeah. it's kind of like mm -hmm. i guess it sounds sort of like anti-independent but in, <laughs> or codependent but it, and it was but it's also sort of beautiful and um joyful at the same time uh and i think it goes away actually i do i, I mean i think my friendships with women are amazing and support my life in many, many ways now that I that are, were, are way healthier than my teenage friendships and better <laughs> and I wouldn't go back. But there's something different. And I don't and even articulating that is like a question mm. that I don't exactly have the words for, but that I do think is like maybe um, the kind of question that can motivate a novel, because it's like, what is what is that? Was it just boredom? Was it time? Was it brain hormones? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I think brain. it's bio. I think it's like biology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brain hormones. Yeah, I think bra scientific. brain hormones. Brain hormones. <laughs> so sorry, you guys. Is that a thing? <laughs> Let's just, can, I, can we give Julie a round of applause for doing this on severe jet lag? <laughs> brain hormones. I love it. Um, I'm gonna move on to the silver box. Very exciting, and I I kind of love this conversation. And but I, I'm I want I'm going to leave you with one question while I rifle into the silver box here because I was really struck. Um, something I think about a lot. We've been talking about a lot since November here. I think um, and it is, do you feel any different kind of relationship to your work as a writer in the current political climate? Because I think that what we were talking about kind of speaks to like that in a way and in, in talking about women's experiences but um also there's an essay in sarah's book about amway which was uh, is started by the devos family right mm -hmm. betsy devos devos this is the right and mm -hmm. so i'm like whoa that's really tied into what's happening now um do you feel any differently about your work as writers now than you in this hyper anxious state that we seem to be in Yes, um, I feel different about everything. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know if it, you know. I mean, I don't know how it's gonna. 
pay out. But I was just talking during the intermission about how a lot of people died at the end of my book that comes out next year because I wrote it in de December. And I think oh. there's going to be a lot of rage, at least those of us who write in genres that permits uh, the bloodshed. There is, there's a lot of rage um, that's going to come out in, in books. And, I, um, you know, I mean, the, we were all sort of... <laughs> Regard well, I mean, I'm probably comfortable in this environment, assuming that there's a certain political bent. But regardless of your political bent, these are uncertain, tumultuous times, and they're confusing. And um, the masks are all off now, and uh, I feel like you know, um, there's going. I don't know how it's going to come out in in fiction at large a year from now, two years from now, but it's going to come out. <laughs> I just you know agree with everything you said <laughs> yeah. I, I agree too i went through a fa a period of time that's maybe still sort of happening where i just thought like i felt sort of stunned to the point of like inactivity and paralysis like how to even speak like ha seriously like not to sound i'm i am tired and maybe a little dramatic but like how do you even what do you even say like i don't even know what to say on facebook i don't know what to say on twitter like i don't know what to say yeah, like, to like you here right now <laughs> yeah i yeah. me too i i feel stunned by it it's truly like so i haven't figured out how i'll wrestle with it in fiction but i do think that i'm proud i'm i have a new pride that i wrote about like female like a girl 15 year old girl masturbating failing and then finally succeeding like i'm <laughs> proud of that now in a way that i wasn't i it suddenly takes on a new urgency yeah. for me that, yeah. that that we get that represented whatever <laughs> so that's like the one thing i can say that i yeah. am proud of you know? i feel and a lot I, less timid now yeah. yeah as a writer yeah yeah oh wow this is like female relationships or <laughs> our country falling apart can make you feel more powerful one one or the other right yeah, yeah. I don't know. maybe both together <laughs> would make us into superhumans yes. you know what i'm saying i think it's true all right we also love the men who are here tonight thank you for coming <laughs> these are the best men yeah. <laughs> they're the best all right we're gonna dive into the box you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> so uh this first question is going to go to one of you guys and we are going to determine who gets the question i'm thinking of a state in the united states and um you are each going to guess a state and whoever is closest to my state in my head gets the first question megan michigan <laughs> Florida. New York? <laughs> we have Michigan, Florida, and New York. Interesting. <laughs> I was going with Alaska. I'll tell you why. Anyone else watching the hand? Michigan. or yeah. I think that's What's Michigan. That? I think Michigan is closest. Yes. Yeah. You do win this okay. one. Not that Megan. I needed to assert myself. <laughs> you do win this one. But I was thinking of it because who's read The Handmaid's Tale or is watching the show? Capital of the U.S. is in Anchorage. I'm just saying. In that show. I didn't spoil anything, really. <laughs> um, okay. So, Megan, you're going to get a question for guessing Michigan. Okay. Which somehow I also feel like you get, like, honorable mention from writing. Well, we're both writing from Michigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you from yeah. Michigan, too? Yeah. That's right. I, I forgot that's that. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that's see, we could have talked all about that. Oh, my gosh. Megan, you're so <sighs> All right. Okay. Um... Sweet Leaf Coffee 
is Delicious Coffee. Um, and we have gift cards there. There's four locations you can go to. Two are here in Long Island City. And there's one in Williamsburg and one in Greenpoint if you don't want to be in Queens for some reason. <laughs> um, let's see. Megan. Do you remember the first story you ever wrote and can you paraphrase it for us? Who asked this question? That's oh a great God. question. Really That's a great question. question. You get oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first, uh, I, first story I ever re really remember writing other than kids stories, which I don't think qualified because they didn't have three acts, um, would be, uh, I remember writing in high school a story about Lee Harvey Oswald. I was really obsessed with him and his innocence. <laughs> and, uh, and his marriage, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was really elaborate uh, and, uh, and speculative. <laughs> um, I can't really get summarize it, but, he, but the fact that he was innocent is probably the sum summary enough. That's, <laughs> That's really good. That's awesome. I love that question. <laughs> that might have to go question. into regular rotation. That's here. good. That's good. Um, okay, so the next question is going to go to either Sarah or Julie. And I'm going to draw Kiski in for this because from a story at Bookshop. I think I may have asked you the same question before. I want you to think of an animal. Okay. You got it? Yeah. Are you giving hints with your what yeah, you're doing? Do okay, you just do this? Okay. <laughs> Kiski's thinking of an animal, guys. Guess that animal. Horse. <laughs> I'm guessing horse. Julie says horse. Alligator. Sarah says alligator. You what was your animal? What? Oh, <laughs> a, ki a, a kiwi bird. Alligator is closer a, to bird. So it's a reptile. Alligator or a horse? Alligator. I think alligator. Yeah, yeah, it's closer to bird. It's closer to bird. You're right. Alligator for sure. Evolution. Evolution, yeah. people. <laughs> Did you know you would also learn science here tonight? It's like brain, brain hormones. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah, and your alligator <laughs> bird. <clears throat> Use your brain hormones. To, oh, wait, <laughs> to answer this, the asker of this question will also get coffee, guys. Sweet leaf coffee, <laughs> but more here. Okay, if, woo, if you could have been the author of any book ever written, which book would it be? <laughs> Why? Oh Who asked this question? That's Yay! Good. That's a good one. Who asked this question? Wait, who are you? Okay, you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious because all the time I'm reading a book, I Yeah. I don't know. I've recently been talking again about Clarice Lispector, who's one of my favorite writers of all time, and I wish I'd written her book, The Passion According to G.H., because it's that's just good. the best book ever yeah. written. Yeah. That's good. Is that all I have to say that's about that? <laughs> Any particular reason that you are, love that book so much? Um, she just, like... She just completely deconstructs what it what it means to be uh, like alive in the world, you know. Um, and not just and and I don't mean I mean that literally. Like, you know, she'll like strip away what it means to be, or like just the the fact of being human, and then the fact of being matter. You know, um, it's just yeah. Wow. It's she takes you all the way down. Yeah, it's an intensely philosophical. It's called the Passion According to G H. Taking notes. Yeah. Taking and it's notes. grotesque. And it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, 
Yeah, it's great. Sounds amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Julie. I just have to answer it. You don't have to guess a state or an animal. You just have to answer a question. Okay. okay. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. I think you are. I'm okay. scared. For Why are you still be scared? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No one here is mean. That's true. Um, <laughs> I think. So whoever asked this question will get a gift certificate to the Astoria Bookshop. <laughs> Good for in-store purchase. Go visit that lovely bookshop in Astoria, guys. Right off the Broadway subway station, which is really a misnomer subway. It's an above-ground track. Subway? <laughs> Words mean something. Words mean something. <laughs> they mean something. All right. Julie. Very composed. You're ready. <laughs> Which fictional character do you relate to the most? Mm. Who asked oh, this question? That's good. That's like a really hard question. Who asked and that maybe one? why? Okay, wow. You're, you're really throwing me for a loop here. You know, this is a cop-out. This is a cop-out answer, but I, it's what I believe to be the real answer that is in my heart. So sorry in advance. <laughs> I actually, I can't think of someone that I relate to the most. I really, when I read, I like I'm kind of a dissolving person. Like I don't have, I don't carry a lot of my, I mean, I, sometimes when I read certain things, they re register with me more. Like the novel I always talk about in relation to Marlena is um, Who Run the Frog Hospital. Barry, the narrator in, in that book, and Sills and their relationship as girls, I related to a lot. But I, I do think that I almost relate to all characters the same as long as the book has done the work of making me love them or empathize with them. Um, so that's like a totally, a total super cop out. But I guess to give you a book recommendation for this moment, I'm reading Good Morning Midnight right now by Jean Reese. Have you guys read this before? Uh, it's so good. It's so disturbing. It's about a woman who has decided essentially to drink herself to death. Um, and I'm relating to her because I'm <laughs> reading the world from her perspective and her choices in her weird sorted hotel room. Um, and you've been on book tour. So. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in a lot of weird hotel rooms. I am really relating to her right now. Uh, she's in London. She's in anyways. Yeah. So I guess that's my answer. That was good. So you did, you did great. Thanks, man. Yeah. I was nervous. You got applause. We have one last question, and then the evening's over. But we have one more prize from the box, the magic silver box. This is for all of you, because it's a great prize. The prize is a gift certificate to a restaurant just a couple blocks from here called The Gantry. Same owners as LIC Bar. You can get a nice meal with this one right here, okay? They have good food. I think the kitchen's open till 11 if you're hungry tonight. Or you can go before our event next month and get yourself a meal. These um, are really good prizes. Right? Yeah. I mean, we have lovely businesses in this neighborhood who just like, they're great. Really, a round of applause for businesses in LIC. <laughs> All of them. Every single one. Okay, you guys. If there were a soundtrack or a single to your most recent book, what would it be? And who asked this question? Good question. That's 
I, I don't have an answer, but I have something I've been listening to obsessively since the fall, which is the, which I would recommend to anyone, which is the soundtrack to the movie Moonlight, which is the best oh, yeah. mm-hmm. movie, but best writing music you can hope for. Um, so um, I highly recommend it. It works for everything and it makes you cry. <laughs> wow. Um, I've been listening to a lot of La Luz, the band La Luz, and they're kind of like, Surf rock, like shoegaze, you know. Um, so it sounds a lot like Florida to me. I don't know. Listening to them, kind of. I listened to them while I was writing this book a lot, but still, occasionally. <laughs> I um, definitely have an answer for this. I bl- Joni Mitchell's "Blue," but specifically the song "River." I I wanted to write the way that song made me feel. I wanted to write a book that felt like that song. Like that was actually a thought that I had oh. while I was writing. Like that kind of blend of nostalgia and like regret. And I wanted that. Also, um, blue uh, Jackson C. Frank, that that album too. It's wow. just his only album. It's beautiful. That's all. Julie had like perfect answer to that question (laughs) this is a great way to end our panel thank you to our amazing writers here megan abbott sarah gerard julie bunton um there are still some books available here from a story bookshop that's today's show if you like what you heard tell a friend or leave a review wherever you found us special thanks to lic bar the astoria bookshop and our amazing intern nadine santoro a big thank you to our sponsors over the years LIC Corner Cafe, Sweet Leaf Coffee, Court Square Diner, and the Gantry Restaurant. This episode was recorded by Carl Jacob and mixed and edited by Justin Alvarez. Our theme music is by Pat Irwin. The LIC Reading Series is made possible in part by the Queen's Council on the Arts with public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. I'm your host, Catherine Lasota. See you next time in Queens.